0: Welcome to the AP Podcast. This is Mike Shea. I'm here with Kyle Even and David Schmidt of Breathe Carolina. Um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with them. Um, it's kind of hard not to be. Um, these guys have been around since 2007, uh, and they've definitely made a name for themselves within the music community, not only just within uh, our world, but in the general pop world. And uh, and I think that's beautiful. It's awesome. And they... Uh, gone through some transformations over the past, I don't know, about a year, maybe roughly. And uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit because there's a lot of artists that are going through that uh, these days. And um, so first of all, thank you for waking up and doing this. This is awesome. I know this is like one o'clock in the afternoon, but it's like 10 a.m. for you. (laughs) So let's see if the Starbucks kicks in. Yeah. Um, So A little history and just trying to get some, we'll probably try and do some clarifications on this. Um, Obviously, you're both from suburban. Denver area, yeah. um, and uh, if I'm correct, and if all my research is showing me right, Kyle, you're from, uh, you were born in Glenwood Springs. Glenwood Springs, yeah, yeah. up by Aspen, and, and uh, yeah. at some point or another, you've settled uh, in uh, around in Littleton.
1: In Littleton, yeah, right. that's where I went to school, and Chatfield, and uh, yeah, Chatfield, that was, yep. that was my high
0: school, home of the Chargers. Yeah, woo. <laughs> what was your, what was your, uh, what was your thing in high school? Like, what was your, who were you known to be? You know what, I
1: I was friends with, like, every little group. You know, everyone. there's all the groups, there's the kids upstairs in the corner. And, you know, I, I, I hung out with literally, like, every age, like, through, you know, my friends had older brothers and sisters, so we'd be hanging out with them. And I played in bands with kids that were two years younger than me, too. So as I went through, you know, being a freshman, you know, that whole transition. Then when I was older, it was hanging out with literally everybody below me too, and you know, hanging out with the art kids. I, I did every art, you know, drawing, painting class, and so I was part of that. And then, you know, I, I was good friends with all the kids that played soccer and ba- baseball, basketball, and football. And I don't know, it's fun. Just kind of have my finger in every pot. Did you play any sports? You know, I I, I did when I was younger. Uh, I tried out for baseball my freshman year, but. I, I had to do, I, I don't remember what it was, but there was like two days that I had to miss for the tryout. So I didn't end up making it and, and, uh, just kind of just put my focus in music and
0: art. And... So, but you started on bass, right? Or... Uh, I, I,
1: the the first thing I, I started singing when I was really young, like okay, uh, that's doing right. choir and stuff. Yeah, you were doing choir. I'm sorry. Um, I did play bass in one of my first bands though. And then, okay. And then, uh, I was terrible. <laughs> I could do it. It was just super basic. And and um, I just wanted to sing. I think I, I felt like that that was my calling. How'd
0: you get into choir? Were you kind of, was it suggested or was it? Uh... You know,
1: it, it, I I think, you know, when you're in elementary school and, you know, oh, everybody right. does is, it. Is that choir, but my, it's that choir. It's that my music teacher was like, I want you to do a solo for our choir concert. And I was down. And it ended up being me and my, na- my next door neighbor, Justin. And I was just easy singing easy for a rehearsals be- called the right. Beethoven rap and so I was the kid doing the rap part and and that was like my first like solo stuff doing that and and I just love singing I, I I sang in in middle school I did choir and I did uh we I did my girl with my best friend Travis Cusack and my other best friend Spencer Otto and that was kind of the thing that we got known for was doing my girl and and it was fun. It That's was, awesome. It, it was. It was definitely a good time. So,
0: when you got into high school, did uh, at what point did you start to start looking at? You know, now I'm going to get into bands. Like now, I want to start actually playing and performing. It was my friend Tommy,
1: and uh, he was like, "You sing, right?" <laughs> That's how it starts. I'm like, "Well, I mean, I, I sing in choir and stuff. I never played in a band before." And. He's like, you want to come and just sing and hang out? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I just went and kicked it and met, met a group of other guys and uh, ended up meeting this kid named Brant Fio. And uh, I still talk to him, still hang out with him, and, and he's still playing in bands and stuff. And, and uh, it got introduced me to the starting line, Newfound Glory, and that's how I found a whole new realm of music and, and really started diving into that, and, and it was fun. That's how that's how me playing in bands kind of was giving birth to myself and and uh yeah, just kept going, kept playing, kept bands kept evolving as I as I went and uh ended What did up, they sound like? What were they know, like? When we first started, it was kind of I mean, it was kinda of Newfound Glory, you know, blink one eighty two, kinda of very, very much that realm, and then it evolved into Kind of this post hardcore like mesh of trying to figure out how that, how to write songs that way. Mm-hmm. You know, getting into screaming. My manager at Journey, I, I worked at Journey Shoes for a while. My manager played in, in, in which Journey did you work at? I'm, it was okay. at Southwest Plaza Mall Southwest, in, in Littleton. Yeah. Still there? It is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Small little store, hung out. Yeah. Of course, yeah.
0: All the Journeys but, are
1: small pretty much but yeah he he was like I'm gonna teach you how to scream (laughs) so it it was like the weirdest part like weird never I mean Rufio is the sure they don't even scream there's like this one part and it's my last words are nothing and I would sit there in the car and it would come around and and I'd just scream it over and over just trying to like trying to figure it out and I remember sitting in journeys and he was like you just gotta go for it and i just scream, belt something, and we just <laughs> dug behind the table, just start laughing, laughing. Just beat me on. Old ladies be walking by. <laughs> we'd just be bussing up. But we'd just be playing all kinds of random stuff and and uh you know that that's that's eventually how I met David was playing and just playing the local bands. He was uh D's from Arvada, Colorado, which mm-hmm. is about forty forty five minutes north. And uh I'd make the trek up to this venue called New Song Fellowship and and um uh, yeah, we, we 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 got invited to do this show um, called called Grandpa's Fest, and uh, this guy named Art, we, everyone called him Grandpa. He was the one who did all the shows and stuff up there, and and uh, we opened the show. and Dee's band, as a Full of Waters Rose, played later. and A mutual friend of ours who was actually recording Dee's band named James Dean. He played in this band called Fallen Stars Forgotten, which was. You know we we loved that band that was like was the local the heroes of kind was that you know,
0: before Rivendale or after or, that was or, or, uh or during that
1: was the band was Rivendale but we were called face first at the time okay and so uh it was actually a, uh, I joined in with these other kids my, my my boy Nate Millie and I uh joined in with face first and so that was kind of the transition of us becoming Rivendale and uh I watched D's band James was like you got to check out these guys I'm recording them and I watched them and they were so fun and energetic and I was like, "This is this is sick! Like this is, you know, an inspirational like moment for me watching these kids just rip it up and and uh, ended up playing another show with them at this venue called the Oriental Theater. Where it was a great music battle of bands. And I still have the flyer. It's so funny. I have it's a, the worst place. Bro. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> it's worst the worst man. place. Worst <laughs> but. Ended up seeing D and Paying I walked up to them and yeah. I, and I was like, "Yo, I love you guys as band, and I'm I'm playing in a band. You know, we po- we play at this time and and they came and watched my set and, and we we you know friends ever since played a bunch of shows with them and you know as our as our as bands do you know come and go and split and eventually uh, half of D's band formed with half of my band like my half went and and uh, started another band.
0: Wasn't well, the and, story yeah. is isn't the story that you would co- you would quit? your band uh with the am i correct i maybe i'm getting this all screwed up right now i just want to make sure i'm not doing it no um uh you had quit your band with your drummer yeah yeah. and then
2: you. well you know what actually happened was he he had quit and i went from guitar to drums so i played drums for them for i don't know a couple months i don't even think we played a show but yeah, so it just kind of all fell apart. Like me and him were like the best friends in the band. So it's like when he left, I just was like, right, Ugh, the fun went out. Right? Yeah, I don't have motivation, you know.
0: So how do you remember um, when you guys start? Uh, when you guys met? Um, it, usually, there's a connection, like you know, like there's just something like when you're when you're dealing with like a songwriting partner or. a or, partner or band or your somebody your, your girlfriend or whatever like there's a connection right off the bat something that just connected yeah so like, do you guys even like you guys ever thought about that all
2: these time on the road where you sit there and go you know what I th- you know what I think it is about you like that I think I, th- I think it was something like Kyle has this like enthusiasm that's like not like anybody else you know what I mean so when when he first came up to me cause I was I was like you know not shy but in a sense I wasn't like eager to go out and like meet everybody like it just I'm still like that today, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like doing my thing, but um, I think when he came up to me, he was just like such a cool dude and so nice that, you know, it made me want to watch his set and you know, I remember. I think you guys had like a cardboard cutout of him yeah, because yeah. he, 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 he couldn't didn't, be he there, didn't, so, didn't make the <laughs> they show. Were, they were playing this show, and their guitar player had they they had a cardboard cutout of him just on the stage. And I was like, dude, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And um, you didn't have to pay him for I, that. I kick, drop kicked the
1: it too. It was sick, yeah, <laughs> and
2: two footed. You know, yeah, it just was cool. Like I just you know, and then when he they put out like. um Like five or six songs. Mm -hmm. When I heard him, I was just like, "Dude, this is awesome!" Like, you know, I just and I was like, "This guy's so cool." So I want to check out his new songs, and I did. And it just, yeah, it was it was an awesome connection from the beginning.
0: So then, then what about you, David? Like, what what were you like in high school? What what was your scene in high school?
2: I mean, I was I was kind of the same way. I was friends with everybody. Um, I was actually prom king my senior year. I just kind of floated around. Like, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't play any sports in high school. Did you I mean, want to be prom king? Did you go through the whole thing, or were you just elected? Yeah, No, yeah. I just, I mean, I, I remember they had, like, top 10, and and I was in the top 10, and I was like, cool, like, I'm down to be prom king. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know? Like, that's cool. And I and I ended up going to prom, and, you know, we were drinking in the parking lot. and of course. Stuff like that, yeah. Um, There's
0: a prom king.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I just, you know, I was friends with, you know, I, I had like my core group of friends but you know I was friends with like all the jock dudes all the you know I said hi to everybody like all the girls like I was I was a ladies man in high school I was just trying to go out to the ladies yeah (laughs) so yeah man um and you know that's when I was in bands and stuff so it was like we would just ditch school and go practice (laughs)
0: what would what would you say like your respective friends in high school when you guys were graduating you know because you always kind of think of it like when you're graduating you're like oh you look at somebody you're graduating you're like oh they're gonna become that oh they're gonna do that they're gonna like you just kind of have this idea in your head of what your friends are gonna where they're gonna go maybe and what were your friends you think saying about you two like what do you think they thought
2: i don't know because you know it was kind of a weird thing when i quit um so my first band, like the band I was in, as the Floodwaters, was became the Autobiography. Yeah. We just changed names, kind of the same members. But um, we, you know, and like when I quit that band, I literally lost like all my friends at once. It Whoa. was it was kind of crazy, you know. Minus Eric, our drummer, now, um, you know, and I just was hanging out with Kyle and yeah, all. All my friends that I had were just like super mad at me. And you know, when we when we put up our first songs, you know, and it got like eight hundred plays on the first day on MySpace, we were like, Whoa. <laughs>
3: this That's is strange. crazy.
2: And 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 our friends were I don't know if it was jealousy or they just hated the music, whatever it was, it was it was just bad. And so, you know, I I talked to maybe like two people from high school still. And two people from I don't since literally that happened, that that second. I haven't talked to any of those dudes since.
0: And you graduated
2: what year? Two thousand seven. And so they still are not talking. to you. Yeah. After so, all this time. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, the Denver scene's tough. Man. Yeah. Whoa. You know, and you know, we we had this thing. You know, we were like, yo, like, you know, we were all like, we're gonna get tatted, we're gonna be in bands forever, we're gonna do our thing, and and you know, everyone, no one did it. You know, kind of except for me, I guess. And it's like I don't know why you guys are mad at me. I'm the only one that stuck true to our words, like regardless if it was in the band with you or not. 'Cause you know, when we started this, it was just fun because there was so much stupid stress with our with our old bands that it was just like, I need an escape from this, you know, it's not fun anymore. And so we weren't even we didn't even have a name. We had like five songs that we had just messed around with. And on our friend's computer, he wouldn't let us use it, so he'd go to work, and we'd sneak on his computer. <laughs> we knew it fast. And I'd, yeah. I, I'd make songs, and I'd hide them. I'd hide them in a folder the way he couldn't find them because if he found them, he'd be pissed. <laughs> and the one time, I just I took them all off. What did you name the folder? Cause you you got to name it something. That you those go, were like those are the original Mom's recordings recipes.
1: of Birds and the Bees and yeah, and the original put, put some recordings clothes, like and, our first song. And it and, sucks because they they disappeared. We we ended up having to re
2: D ended up having to he, reconstruct Birds and the Bees so we could play a lot. He found he ended up finding them, and luckily we had already put them online, but he erased them all. So when you know we went to when we wanted to go play shows, I had to recreate the songs. Like we, the we music. didn't even know how we were going to start
1: playing shows. We got invited to play a show from our friend Nick. Like how we even do this, like this, because we we, never we we went. I played guitar. I never,
2: I never did (laughs) that. You know,
1: completely backwards. We we went instead of sitting with instruments and writing a song. We literally had the song already recorded, and it was like this is. I think that that was the most fun part about it was that it was so instant, and that's why I think that that was that spark that you were talking about was that we created something in one day, and we had so much fun doing it and that was that was that light that we were looking for Mm -hmm. that like this is so this is so much fun like we created a whole you know and he produced the whole thing the, the whole first record is classic not classic David produced mixed everything we just had it mastered and craig from Craig from Rise put it out, he wanted to put it out, so.
0: but okay, so but we, we jumped a little bit there, so yeah, yeah, so yeah. how do you go from we put it out in myspace mm-hmm. most of my friends won't talk to me, but we get these hits, we get these all these plays, and then all of a sudden, Craig from Rise discovers you what is what? what's in that
2: middle part it there? was it was it was like six months after we'd kind of put music out, and um I was living at um Eric, our drummer's house, his dad is like one of the coolest dudes ever and has a big ass house in, in Broomfield. So I was living there and and one night we were just drinking and um, we we're, we were really good. F- we're, are still good friends with the, the Drop Dead Gorgeous guys so that are from Denver as well. And they were managed by the Artery Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when they got signed and did that, it was like, I wanted to do everything that they did just because it's like, oh, they did it right. You know, and they were the first band that I knew that had gotten signed and, mm-hmm. I thought like, yo, when you get signed, you're instantly okay for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, right. and um um so it was one night drinking late and we were at the point where we were, you know, we were getting a couple thousand plays a day. And um We had some sold out shows in Denver too. We hit up yeah, we, we hit up Artery and I just drunk and I was like, Yo man, like we love it. If you could work with us, like we we've played three shows and they've all been sold out and um you know, this is our switch Check us out. Let me know. Tough enough. That was the tough that, enough that was, was the, the subject. subject. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and just he just wanted a tour. That's what we say. Yeah. He wrote us back and um, was like, "Yeah, I would, I would love it. I would love to manage you guys." He's like, "I've been, I've been actually looking at you guys," and um, we were like, blown away, just like, "Wow!" And um, then, uh, so one night we were chilling like super late, and and he had like emailed. me. Or called or something, and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "The first contract came through." And we were like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Record deal." I was like, "We were, we were tripping on the moon, dude." We were like, "Wow." We thought it was, and we were like, "Yo, let's sign it." I don't even care what it says. Let's <laughs> sign it right now. Let's go. Let's <laughs> famous go. last words. Yeah, right. And um, and he was like, whoa, slow down, guys." <laughs> right. He's right. like, he's like, so like there, he's like, there's more coming through, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And then it was like you know, Equal Vision was hitting us up, and Feel by Ramen was hitting us up. And, just talking to everybody, and, just, and it, you at know, least like making our introductions. What did they
0: see? Like, what do you think that they saw? in you guys,
2: I think, I think they just, you know, what I saw in us was like, I've never heard music like this before. You know, obviously everyone knows like techno music and stuff like that, but the the way that we wrote the songs and the way that you know, because we were in bands, so it was like. I think we wrote like techno songs in like a classic punk rock, pop punk formation, yeah, like and they had this anthemic vision to them. Almost, we just we, we were bright eyed man, and and I think I think that they saw that. You know, I don't, I don't really know what it was, but it was just insane to us that we were like, we've been, you know, in our other bands we would have, I did like two tours with my other band, and you know we played shows to literally the sound dude. And some drunk guy at the bar, like, and so it was, you know, playing shows where kids recognized us and getting a record deal was just crazy to us.
0: Do you remember your first autograph? Like, not the autograph of, like, your friend, but, like, where you know that that person, you don't know them, and they found you. Like,
2: I'm not sure if I remember the first autograph, but I do remember, like, the first picture. It was our very first show we ever played, and, um, and we were just... Where was that? Uh, this place called Live Spot in Denver. It's not there anymore, but it's a small. Like, Do you remember the date?
1: <sighs> What's I, your I anniversary date? I have a, it I have a flyer. It was I have June. Flyer it was like June
2: seventeenth or something like that. I think it was twenty oh eight. Yeah, 07?
1: Right, that would have been oh eight, right? That 2007. Oh, it it 2007. Been, it, it would have okay, been two thousand and seven. Oh, two thousand seven. Okay, yeah. Because, we did, we 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 put our first song up March seventh because that was my brother's birthday, and then. We played some shows I think I think I think you're right. What was, the first, the, was the first
0: song? Which one was that? The
1: first song was uh well the first
2: song we ever posted was snowed in wasn't it yeah we were it was a humongous blizzard in denver and and we were <laughs> the only thing that was open was a liquor store so we walked and like literally it was like four feet of snow man like it's crazy we walked to the I liquor we, store i didn't even do did we even call the place or we just went there? i think we just went just <laughs> i can't believe <stopped. laughs> that's stopped. what you do when you're
0: young man. you just yeah you're, so, i don't care. You know, we we're, we're invincible
2: we were at home and we were snowed in and um we lived in this little tiny house and it was gross. Like we smoked cigs and stuff. It's like, <laughs> crazy. It was gross, and, and um, yeah. We we I sat down on the computer and I was like, yeah we're bored. Let's let's make a song." And we started out being like, there was like five of us there, like all kind of working on it together. I, I was like programming everything, but everyone was kind of just chilling. After a couple hours, I looked around, it was just me and Kyle. Everyone had kind of just gone off because we were just so in the zone with each other that, like, someone else would say something and we would just not pay attention to them (laughs) at all. So, yeah, snowed in. But, um, my favorite dinosaur, dude,
1: myspace.com. Yeah.
2: My favorite dinosaur. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's at. I, I it was, think it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was crazy. But then you know after that I had I had a couple other songs that I had just sang on, like no no screaming, no other vocals, mm-hmm. just me. I didn't even know what I was doing. I never sang before, so, um, and I I had like taken out some of my vocals, and I was like, "Kyle, like just have fun on this, like scream or something. I don't know, like," and he did it and. Back to the original question was the the signing thing. It was, I remember. pulling Actually,
0: up. what was the first show? That was the, that was the middle question on that one. Yeah, yeah wait, June. You it said was March seventh was your brother's birthday. It was the first song. It had came to out, been. I think it was which in was June, what, that was snowed in. it was the first song. No,
2: don't forget, Lock the doors. Was, it was, the, first, March it was 7th. the first track okay. that 7th. we posted, mm-hmm. and then June. It was the middle of June. Sometime with our first show, and I remember we were just pulling up in a car we had these two girls that were working with us. One girl was playing keys and the other girl mm. was helping us do lights Moore, or, or yeah. something like that and pulled up and, you know, we're carrying our shit into the venue and, like, these kids start kind of freaking out and I was like, I'm weirded out right now. Like, this is crazy. And um, Hello? <laughs> they, they came up and, and, and wanted a picture and I had never gotten that before and I was just like, wow, like, that's crazy and, you know, our first show, our very first show is Breathe Carolina. Like, the kids were all singing every word and like jumping and going crazy. And how many songs did you
0: actually have by that point? Like, how long was your set? I think tw- we had
2: five. Twenty or minutes. Six, 20, yeah. Twenty minutes max. Yeah. War tour set. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. We, we literally had like I think five was,
1: songs. Put some clothes on. Don't forget lock the door. Birds and the bees. Diamonds. And what else would we have had at that time? Maybe that's classy. No, that's classy. I think came came, came a little later. Bit later. Yeah. Cuz okay. that came after we had the
2: the keyboard, after yeah. we got the the synthesizer. And it was it was wild. <laughs> it was just something I that's don't like you know what the fifth would be. Hit me like I'll a say.
0: How much yeah. you get paid for that gig? You Remember?
2: 50 bucks probably. Yes.
1: Sold like $100 in merch. Do you remember what you did after? Sold our, sold our merch out and we, were, yeah, we, we I, sat there and we were like, we were yes. actually, we were, yeah, we were, we, we were partying afterwards.
2: Actually, <laughs> Eric's dad, like the, you know, our drummer who I lived with, his dad was out of town. And so we're like, yo, let's go back to Eric's house. So all of our friends came back and we were on top of the world. We were like, yo, we sold like $300 in merch. We just <laughs> killed it. That's kid. like all we had. We just killed it. and we we were I was dead broke, dude. Didn't have a dime. Yeah, we we were so poor, like so broke that we found $20 on the floor of like a Albertsons or something we were walking through and we were like step on it dude, Woo! step on it, bro. <laughs> yeah, step on it, step on it, step <laughs> on it. We bolted it, straight to
1: Chipotle, man. We got food. Yeah, we were we were <laughs> running out of there. Yes. We're literally like eating like the the stuff that you that just sits in, in
3: your cabinet, fridge.
2: like that's that was our dinner. Like it we, was we were... it was rough, man. We didn't like because we were just out on our own, and like you know we could have gone back home, but we were like, no, nah, mm-hmm. man. Like, dude, that there was a time prior for like a month and a half where me and Eric, our drummer, lived with Jess and Laura, those two girls, and. Dude, we were dead poor. Me and Eric would go outside and like pick up change off the ground and go get like a soda. Like, they, were, they had pickles in their fridge and that was it. So there'd be like some days where all we'd have is like two pickles a day, <laughs> like to eat, and it was crazy. Like, and mm-hmm. so when you know we played our first show and we had we just made four hundred dollars, we were like, wow, we're this is it, you know. And I, I think <laughs> I think just that little bit pushed us to like just mm-hmm. go hard. You know, like, yo, yeah, like, we can do this, kind of, you know, if we really, really try. Like, we can, might have a shot at something.
0: Because at the time, weren't, weren't, like, your parents or, like, one of your parents was, like, kind of, like, uh, you know, when are you going to get real about this? Like, any mm-hmm. of that?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And my dad, I mean, I mean, I was 21, about to be 22, coming up around the time we first started touring. And I think my dad was, like, you know, when are you going to figure out? You got to figure out what you want to do. You know, you gotta, you gotta think about you know what's a hobby and what's what's gonna help you survive and and you know grow into a man basically and and I just I think I think I just felt like I knew what
0: I had to try for and
1: just kept pushing it. Was there ever a time
0: and your uh, that you that especially in the beginning and up to that point where you you were getting signed that you guys were literally like inches from stopping. I mean, cause you're sitting there eating two pickles a day. It's at some point or another, I you think, do that long enough. And you're like, you know, I think, cause when I, you were working at a guitar center at some point, weren't you? D, you was, were, I was, D, you yeah.
2: were, that's right. And like, I've just never been good with jobs. <laughs> like I've, you know, I've had like four jobs, you know, before we started touring and I just was like, dude, this is just, isn't me. Like I'm not like, I know work sucks. Everyone says work sucks, but it was something to me that was, so wrong about what I was doing and so like every job I'd have I'd quit within a month like guitar center I went on lunch break and never went back (laughs) never called him never nothing I was just I'm out of here and and I was living on my own I was living downtown and I don't even know how I survived because that was even before BC started so I don't even know how I paid rent like I have no idea and you know there was a time where I think it was like a couple months like five months afterwards and you know there was such a huge hype like right away when the songs came out and then it kind of started to like slow down in a weird way and I was like yeah well maybe like you know I'll go to college or something and I talked to my mom about it and she was like she's like no she's like I'm not gonna help you she's like you wait six more months and if if you're still feeling this way then I'll go help you but right now I'm not gonna help you just because you know my mom's just seen something in me and sure enough you know six months later and we were we were on the road and never never went back. <laughs> so so now you're you've got these offers coming in
0: from these labels. And so what kind of tipped you over into the Rise deal
2: versus it, the others? It was a lot of our manager because at a time
0: Rise was kind of coming up. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean,
2: it, it was in a lot of our manager. Of he was like, you know, he because Rise just offered us a really good deal. It was just one record, fifty fifty. And you know, like I think like the other deals were kind of like janking us just around much long cla- term right. pretty much the classic right yeah, yeah. three four deals right and so, and, so yeah, we were options. like you know we'll we'll just do the, our managers like this is the smartest move for you guys so we were like cool like we don't we don't know so we'll trust you and go with it and you know sure enough we put out the record and for our first was that you know, the ep the official ep or was that the first no, that record was, so yeah, it actually it actually was
0: the record right because mm-hmm. you put out the ep before that right yeah okay
2: it's classy not classic And right. um you know, ended up ended up doing surprisingly pretty good, you know. We didn't really know what to think and and we were just on tour and after that we were on tour with um this band called Panama at the time. And their tour manager is guy Shervon. And he ended up working at started getting a job at Fearless. And so and he he loved us, you know, and we we're still homies with him to this day, but um he brought us up to Bob and and um Bob was really unsure about us. Like he, mm-hmm. he told me right in my the face. President fearless, right yeah. fearless. President fearless. Yeah. President fearless. He, yeah. you know, he was like, "I'm not 100 percent on this decision," but I was like, "I'm gonna trust Yvonne and, and I'm gonna give you guys a shot." So we were like, Whew. "Like, all right." We, we were nervous. <laughs> you know, so we went. We, <laughs> went, we were playing. We,
1: we were playing, went uh, straight from that to because that was House fearless. of Blues. House of Blues in Hollywood. Yeah. That was the first time he came and
2: watched us, and he was very, he was very Before the set, standoffish he was in the beginning. Standoffish. He didn't he the only thing he said to me was i'm not sure about you guys we'll see what happens and after the set he was freaking out he was like i'm buying you guys shots let's go i wasn't even 21 <laughs> yet like we were hanging we were hanging he was like i'm so excited like and it was that's his brother's
1: what... there with the visor wig combo being all <laughs> yeah. crazy coming out yelling doogie howser Dude, you guys are fuck me, man. <laughs> I guess I guess Neil Patrick Harris is in upstairs, like foundation room, and his Bob Becker's brother is over there, like harassing him, getting like, kicked out, <laughs> and he's just yelling, like. And, but he's got this. You, have you seen the visor wig combo? Mm-hmm. Oh my, we, I. It, it was like it was like he had Billy Idol hair, you know, like super blonde, like coming out the top of his visor, and I. That was the first time I ever seen it. And he takes it off, and we all hit the floor, dude. Like, <laughs> what is this? We're all putting it on, wearing it. <laughs> dude, we were, oh man! If you just gotta see Bob Becker's brother, and you'll you'll die laughing. <laughs> he is ridiculous.
0: So the the first record. Um, uh, why don't we actually? Why don't we do this? Why don't we? We're gonna take a music break, and then we're gonna come back because I want to talk about that first record. Um, so why don't you guys give me each a band and a song by that band, um, for each of you uh, that was kind of your anthem in high school? Was that song that what well, that was your song? It was either went in the car, you put it on. I don't know back then you 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 put it on your iPod, you yeah. or whatever. Like yeah,
2: like, New Found Glory hit hit or miss. I think mine was. Um, I think this is the song that honestly like changed my life and outlook on music is Taking Back Sunday mm-hmm. um, Great Romances of the 20th Century because it was on the Web Tour compilation and I got the Web Tour comp and I heard that song and I was like game over. <laughs> I went and bought that record and mm-hmm. you know totally switched my mindset.
0: Why the Newfound Glory song? Why that one? It just
1: feels like summer to me. I love I, I just put it in my car and I, I, I listened to the whole record but you know like I think that 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 record just really has a, a certain feeling and it's definitely a definitive time in my life for sure. Okay.
0: First record, um, how did you, I mean, the, the, obviously the first songs you guys were doing, it was it was a lot of holy, wow, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But now you got to really sit down and you got to get into a studio and you, you got to sit down with, uh, you know, a producer. Um, and was that, was, uh let me see, da, 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 Chris, uh, Chris Crummett, right? Yeah, he mastered it. D he actually
1: mastered. did, we, we finished the record on tour. We were actually sitting in a hotel room in Louisiana setting up the mic and D's in there f- finishing all the little bits and pieces and and deproduce the whole first So really first so the first himself. one was
0: really was just you guys it was just 100% 100% yeah. and just taking it in and so what did, did Rise do anything like look at the record and go take that one out take this one out no, or nothing we we, just,
2: we gave him 10 them. songs and they were we love every song let's go it was it was the the weirdest thing cuz it was yeah. just like Yeah, we were in a hotel room, and I had to. I had a couple songs I had to just kind of fix real quick and mix and send it off. And our our manager was like, "This is awesome." They were like, "This is awesome." Here is your release date. Let's go. Is there any
0: material from that time period, like that sessions, those sessions, so to speak, that's kind of still out there that's not finished yet? That your fans maybe just you know like those every band has those IMd. Be kind of fans, you know. I know the trivia. Is there any material from there still? It kind of just hasn't found a home yet.
2: Um, I mean, we we had this computer that we, after we kind of had enough money to buy a computer, that it's, the it's long gone now. But there's probably 180 random songs that we had started. Or yeah, the or cheese is wh- in the
1: back of our van in Denver, just hurting.
2: Yeah. <laughs> She's I'm, I'm really interested to see if like if if i could get that computer to work again and, and listen to it well in this
0: day and age is somebody someplace on this planet can get anything to work again mm-hmm. yeah you know, they've got something um what about um uh i'm gonna this i'm gonna just in general but is there a place somewhere in this country like i don't know back of a bar uh, a diner a coffee shop uh, wherever it's like that that you guys like wrote, came together, you had one of those moments, maybe, or you just something materialized, so that if your fans go there, they go, this is where this was written, like this is where
2: it came to life, I think that'd be the greenhouse, yeah, where uh, that, that was where b c was born it was this little tiny room because i was I was living with um two of my friends and and one of them moved in actually to this house that Kyle was living in. And I was like, well, I gotta go too. (laughs) So they had this little tiny, tiny little room, barely fit a couch and the computer and that was my room. And, um... Had a little bathroom in there. Yeah, had a tiny little bathroom and that's where everything started. It was one morning I woke up like super early and I was just messing around making this song and I was like, Kyle, come in here. And, um... We stayed there all day and we were having a party at our house at night. It was like a f- Saturday or something. And um, that's when we wrote Put Some Clothes On. It was our first time, like really writing a BC song. And we were in there all day. And soon enough, it was like 10 o'clock and people started showing up. And we were still like in our pajamas. Like we didn't even realize the time had gone by. Oh, yeah.
1: People are probably like, oh, really <laughs> wow. <laughs> you dressed?
2: And, you know, so that that room in that house. In downtown Denver would be the place mm-hmm. of, a, of Alameda and Sherman. Yeah. So, um,
0: what did you, um, yeah, how did you feel when you got the first record back? Were you just completely, utterly um, ecstatic, or were you guys kind of hard on yourselves at all?
2: Kind of like, oh, like, should have done the you take know, backs? I think, mm-hmm. I think I, I didn't really feel any of that until the Hello Fascination, because that oh, was really? the time where it was like, Okay, because that was the first time we went into a studio with the producer. And it was, you know, the first time we worked with the producer was Matt Squire. And I have looked up to him for, you know, years. He did like the Panic record mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the North Star record, some of my favorite albums. And so it was crazy. I was like, oh God, like, I was so nervous when I went in and, like, we kind of wrote the first couple melodies to this song. Went in to sing them and I was so nervous. Like, mm-hmm. my voice was shaking. He was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm cool. Like I was just so scared. <laughs> I, I'd never experienced that, you know? And um so and and, and at that point we were on the bigger label on Fearless. We were the producers and I was like, I feel like, you know, everyone's eyes are gonna be on us right now. And you know, so getting the songs back, I was like, I don't know if they're good or not. You know, like I think they sound awesome, but then again, what if maybe they don't? And so I really didn't feel any of that until till the second record yeah. for sure. It was crazy doing Hello Fascination too it was
1: there was no B sides at all during that record. Everything that we went in and did, we finalized and that was what, that, that's what was on the record. We did three songs in a week with Matt. We jumped straight from that to Mike Green, who did Paramore's record. He did, you know, countless stuff and, and it was you know, we had our month with Mike and and caked the record out. Everything, every single track, we started, we finished, and you know it was funny that IDGAF ended up being the last track that we did, and that was kind of how it how it kind of came about. Like, yo, what do you want to do now? It was just like, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> and it was just like it, we <laughs> just, just laughed. We sat back and just laughed, and we still play the song live. You know, it's it's the little tiny things that that really make it. Interesting. And, and and you know, even with that record we had Jeffrey come and Austin from a I Man Austin Carlisle came and and uh, our boy Dave from EVAV and we all did a song together and that was a special time and just it's crazy that you know we're still friends with everybody after all these years. It's so cool.
0: Um is there uh is there anything uh from that record that you are uh no, actually let me, let me ask this. Um what did you learn being in the studio with a producer that you didn't know on that on that record? What,
2: like what were the lessons learned? You know, I think it was really thinking about what you're doing, and in a sense that could be bad because then you overthink, which that you know that's got me jaded. You know, even to this day, it's like you overthink things. And when we first started, we didn't think we just did.
0: So, how, so what, what what sort of things do you guys think of when you're overthinking?
2: Well, it's like you know, like you'll you'll hear a melody and you're like, "That's awesome," but then it's like you just dive into it too much. You're like, "Well, what if we did this?" And then after a while, you've messed with it so much that you've lost the original idea, and you're like, "Okay, (laughs) what are we doing?" You put too much paint on the canvas, and now it's just back to being, yeah, you know. And you know, but you know, on on the other side, it's it's a good thing too, because it's like you know, you can really makes you work harder you really like dig into yourself and dig into the to the song to find what is necessary for it you know so it's definitely a give and take thing and you have to learn to to let go a lot especially like in that you know like when we were with mike green like he's a. Um, he's very smart he's like a super just not even with music he's just a smart guy and his his music theory is through the roof he made us work so hard like harder than ever it was 12 hours every day hour lunch break that's it it was like going to work you know and you know he he made us sit in the booth until we got it right like no auto-tune no fixing it like you have to just do it and um you know taught us a lot it was it was cool being like you know wow like can really do this, you know. Like this is this is awesome. Do you think that you guys would you say that you
0: kind of you matured more, like you grew more as pef- oh yeah as musicians, Most as singers definitely. on that particular record?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What did you um w- what what sort of side of you? Because I think a lot of beginning musicians need to hear this stuff. They never get to hear this stuff, and so it's not to make you guys at all look bad or anything. It's to kind of like ex- express the lessons. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But you are you're shedding your skin. And yeah. you're kind of molting into a new level of a musician. Yeah. So what did you shed out of the studios that month? Like what were that, that, time period when you're making that record? You know, I think it was,
1: I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, how to correctly sing and how to, you know, going in with, with these people and, and, and really being with a coach for the first time, you know, that, that, that was always interesting, you know, and, and we've, we've, been coached by a lot of different people and, and, uh, you know, I think, I think when we did with Melissa cross and, and that was like the one person I wanted to have coach me, you know, she, she did the whole Zen of screaming and, and taught like all of our, all of our idols, you know? And I think that that was like the thing, you know, going back and really just focusing on, how we sound and and what the net you know these little tiny details of what are we you know especially with uh hello fascination that was the first time d gotta have his guitar background and and musical background come to life on the record and you know we
2: didn't
1: have have guitars and stuff
2: we 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 didn't have yeah exactly yeah you know and you know in the first record it was like You know, we would sing whatever and just blast the autotune and blast the effects, so it didn't matter how we did it. You know, Hello taught us, like, okay, we need to to really do this right now, like, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know. Every word counts, yeah. And um, I think that was the biggest lesson for us, was just, like, realizing what it takes, what you have to do to, you know. And and Hello is, you know, humongous for us as a band. It, It was game changing, it was life changing. Um that you know, still is living. not even for anybody else, but for us personally. And it really shaped us into now when we go into studios, you know, like we're not scared, we're not nervous. We're like we've gone through it all, you know? So. Sure. Confidence. sure. Sure.
0: So when was the um, when was the first time you guys traveled out of the country?
1: Out of the country would have been UK, right? UK 2009? Yeah, that, that was, was that was that
2: um slam dunk and all that Would No that the, the first the first time was I think it was 2009. Okay. We went over there and um we just did some club shows and uh it was actually really sick like mm-hmm. um Manchester. I remember that show a lot because <laughs> We were playing, and uh, my pants had ripped at the seams all the way down to like my foot, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I didn't realize it at first. And someone was like pointing at me, and I was like, "What, dude? Like, what do you mean? I'm just doing my thing." And that's just like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Good thing I was wearing underwear that day. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, and you know that that show was that it was, I mean, probably like only 400 kids, but to us, like in another country, 400 kids is like 25,000 people. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I believe it was two thousand and nine hmm. was the first time
0: so when you uh when it when it came back in the end let's just say this um for hello fascination which which is a song that you feel is the best representative of that record like is your favorite song off that record? Critics and fans can have theirs, but what's yours i mean, I think.
2: I mean, the obvious choice would be Hello Fascination just because that song was the first time anyone has heard BC with guitars and, and, you know, kind of the full band aspect. But the last song, Rescue, is kind of just about, you know, the the whole, just our lives in general, you know, mm-hmm. being away and touring and stuff like that Cause it's not a normal lifestyle, you know what I mean? It's yeah. You definitely have to be a certain kind of person to live like that, to live like this, and...
0: What kind that, of person is
2: that? Starting to interrupt, but I'm just no, curious. No, I, I, I mean, thick skinned for sure. I've been, <laughs> really? I've been saying that a lot. You know, like you, you know, it's like even like, you know, when my girlfriend comes out, like her first time on the tour bus was a couple months ago. And she was just like, after five days, she's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know how you guys do this. And I'm like, this is all I know. You know, this is all we know. And I think when you, when you just, when you have that drive, like that certain drive, it's like you go through whatever you want. You know, when we first started, there was, you know, nine of us in a van with all of our equipment, all of our merch, no trailer, all slept on one motel six floor, mm-hmm. and nothing mattered though. Like it didn't didn't matter how shitty things were. It was like you know, all of us had five bucks a day to go get food. That was it. We didn't care, though. We still always had alcohol for some reason. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I have been, I had no idea. But if we wanted to appear. smoke weed, we had it. Like, it was, you know, it was... Get the was, big
1: Carla Rossi jug of blush, you know, just... <laughs> yeah. Pass it around till it's gone, man.
2: Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, I feel like that's... It's that kind of person that you don't care what's going on because you have a bigger vision. Because, you know, a lot of people would be like, I can't live like this. I can't be sweaty around nine dudes in a van with a pile of merch sitting on top of me for a 9-hour drive every day like you know what i mean but nothing mattered to us and you know anybody that tours well is the same way you know what i mean it's not just us it's just touring in general it's you got to be you got to be slightly out of your mind yeah. but but extremely passionate yeah. i mean you're away from
1: everything that you built at home you leave and
2: you go and you start recreating you give up on everything that you have except for that one thing you know you tarnish relationships you know you and especially when we started like we were so young we were all like 18 19 that you know now it's much easier to be on the road and have a relationship just because we've grown up a lot you know we're not out trying to go party and, and hang with girls every night and stuff like that so it's like I mean, we still party. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's just you just gotta be. You gotta have that certain certain blood in you to do it. I think. Okay. Anyone can have it. You just have to build yourself up that way. You know what I mean.
0: So you were saying thick skin. I mean, are you basically referring to the internet? Or are you talking about life? I think just life. You know, I think just really like we we call it the BC
1: curse, but yeah. it's. You go through literally anything that can happen will happen, and and it does. You know, it, it's. I think it's for us. We say we get to do the coolest things ever, so we have to deal with like we have to have bad things happen here and there. You know, for instance, we did a did a show in Helsinki, um, in Finland, and our flight got delayed, and we were like the show was. I think it was sold out. Yeah, You know, a thousand kids and we were headlining and we were freaking out like this is the you know we're saving the best for last like our whole tour was just kind of whatever and and uh that, that just it was ended up we were sleeping in the airport forever because somebody i guess a flight attendant got sick so they had to wait for another person to fill the spot and finally get out finally get out we, we do our layover still you know miss that flight from our other layover so that was even more delayed to get to the next one Landed in Helsinki, driving over. Kids are already there; they were waiting like an for four hour. hours yeah. for us, just, just, in just, just, and, and just in the venue, just sitting in the venue, just sitting there, and, no music, and, and nothing. We we couldn't see the kids; there was a curtain up. So when we walked in, we walked through the back. We couldn't see who, how many people were there still. And those curtains opened up, and it was just chaos. And we're like, "This is what the curse is." It's it sucks at the time, but the icing is the
0: sweetest you've
1: ever had. So. Yeah.
0: What was the time that you guys w- almost died
2: on the road? You, uh, you, actually, Ella driving. Yeah, in. we, <laughs> <laughs> our boy Josh, he was on tour with us. Um, and he, we were going he's from cross. California, yeah, so yeah, he yeah. doesn't know how to drive in the snow. And, <laughs> and he's driving right. through, he's driving through I-70 in Colorado, in the oh. snow. And it's one of the sketchiest drives yeah. you can make. Van and trailer, and we were all sleeping. He was just driving. I wake up, he's going like seventy five down, the, and there was snow and ice everywhere. I'm it's like, crazy. "Dude, whoa, bro, what are you doing?" I was like, "Don't, don't like pump the brakes, don't slam them. Just, just give him like a tiny squeeze right. here and there to slow us down." And I think he just fucking rammed his foot on it, and we all of a sudden start going sideways. <laughs> Our van and trailer <laughs> was like this going down the highway, nice L shape, right? Yeah and we were all bracing for impact we were like we're going down like it was insane and i don't know what happened but i'm sitting in the front
1: <laughs> there's <laughs> the front? no
2: seatbelt belt because so, the, the seatbelt like got
1: stuck in the buckle so we had to cut it with we scissors cut it off because like <laughs> nobody could sit there so i'm sitting in the front and i wake up and i just reach over with my left hand and i'm just like kind of guiding it and it's because you know it's we're fishtailing back and forth I'm just sitting there trying to be all calm. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it and just ended up getting getting out of it. But we just sat there like, I was like, pull over, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're getting pull out over, of here. Bro, I'm getting it. He's like, what,
2: dude? He was like, what do you mean, bro? I'm just driving. I'm like, dude, well, there's ice and snow. You don't understand <laughs> that you can't go seven. Even, you know, on a regular road, 75 with a van and trailer is just kind of sketchy. You, you know? know
1: what's crazy with Ella though is the the time. Uh, our 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 transmission went out, and he was the one driving it too. So it's it's crazy. Like Ella, Ella has definitely like Manny the van. Ella has lived some memories with that. We, we actually <laughs> bless had a, your heart, Ella. <laughs> we actually
2: had an instance on this tour. Um, our driver was driving, and uh, someone was coming down the the wrong way on the I highway, forgot. like trying to like play chicken with him. And so he would get over, and they would get over, like. And so at the last minute, like he just swerved and he's like he's been driving buses for 30 years so he's a great driver you know luckily and somebody had a the suicidal whole bus, packed guy. i have no idea the whole bus flew like eric our drummer flew from literally the bunk hallway into the the driver's section of the bus like, whoa. So we
1: caught him like cause we're all sitting in the benches but he was standing and
2: he was standing in a hallway and
1: came all the way up
0: whoa it's crazy. That is, that's crazy. That's That's good 12, up, 13 feet there. Was, I,
1: see, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear. Somebody was saying something that that guy in, did end up hitting somebody.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he, he hit somebody, and, and the, the person died, oh. actually. Right after he passed us, Zeus, our bus driver, was telling us that. I was just like, dude. Wow.
1: Phew. He saved our lives. And it yeah. was the first yeah. day that he picked us up.
2: Yeah. Wow. So,
0: <laughs> we're cutting through to all these stories, so we we're talking about the the song that you liked best on that record. Which is the song that you would probably change a little bit now?
3: Ooh,
2: that's a good question. Um, honestly, now, like, if you would ask me that, maybe like five months after the record came out, I probably would have said a song, but. Now I just think, you know, it's just done its thing. It just took the course that it was supposed to take. And, you know, I'm a huge believer in that kind of stuff. It's like the path that you're on, you know, you obviously have an option to make better or worse, but you're on that path for a reason. Sure. So,
1: you know, what's weird is the songs that I feel like we weren't as fond of ended up being the tracks that our kids like the most and 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 yeah i think it's cool that way that's what makes you jaded in the studio it's (laughs) like well i don't even like this but
2: everyone's freaking out about it so i'm obviously
1: wrong you know i guess i guess it's just that lesson of just let it live let it be its own personality it's like you raising a kid you know you can't control
0: it you know just let it do its thing it's very true not a lot of parents know that um okay well let's uh uh, let's take another music break here, um, and we can we can include, uh, even though we haven't talked about it yet. But but you can include uh, "Hell Is What You Make It" as well on this. Um, what's the song that, um, maybe you're most proud of? Like you just maybe you guys just put the most effort into that thing, and it was biggest pain in the ass and and but in the end it came out and you're just still this day like even if the fans don't like it you're still like that's the song
2: we we yeah that's it you know I think I think honestly it's it's blackout for me just because that song was in our heads never meant to do anything else besides be on the record it was you know we wrote that song the first Song we wrote for How's What You Make. Because it it it's like the out. last
0: song on the record. isn't uh, it? No, it's no? Uh, it second
2: or third. Second, second, second third? Yeah. Okay,
0: all right. All right yeah, I think it is Because when I yeah, all right, when I got the rec when I got it off of uh, iTunes, all the tracks were all messed yeah, up. That's yeah. why
2: okay Um and you know like we we wrote that song, the first song we wrote for the record, we wrote it in like six hours and it was just done. And we had no intention of radio. We didn't even think that was a possibility. Yeah. And um you know, after, after a minute, like the label was like, you know, like the more we listen to this song, like this has a lot of potential. Like it could actually do something cool. And, uh, it went and it, you know, that song took us to places that, you know, playing with Pitbull and playing with, you know, like, it's like we did, you know, we did a whole arena radio tour in last December and, um, you know, we were we were playing for twenty five thousand people in an arena, and because of that song, you know, I think it it really took us into a whole different level of being a band. Like it was, you know, blew us all away. We had no idea that was going to happen at all, you know, and um, yeah, probably blackout for sure. Cut up and I can feel my- i yeah. yeah. are doing the insanity workout so we're all like we're on, we're on day 42 which is awesome but um that's great yeah but like you start we started a new like section of it so it's like we were sore as hell for the first two weeks and then we got over being sore but now we're doing new things and now we're sore again so it's just like so <laughs> annoying i thought we were done being sore for the first two weeks i couldn't even sit down like i was just so sore <laughs>
3: How just, are you
0: doing it when, you, when you're when you out? You know, you're out like every, almost every night. You're, you're hanging out and drinking and stuff like that. And then you're trying to get up the next
2: day. Like, what time of day are you doing the insanity? Is it after the show? No, I'm doing it like 3 three thirty. ish. Okay. So you're up. So we, you know, I, I, I don't have anything to do for the whole day. So it's like I sleep to like two just because what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? So, you know, I sleep to like two, wake up. Hit the insanity, do the workout, do the meet and greet, play the show, and then do my thing afterwards. It's it's crazy, but it it's cool because it's like we're all super pumped to do it. So it's kind of like the and I've never worked out in my life, so it's kind of like a new thing for us to like be passionate about, which is cool. And I I feel like you need that on the road sometimes because it's like it's it's easy to lose your passion when you're doing the same thing every single day, and So it's cool, like doing that. It's like a whole new thing to our day now,
0: which is awesome. There's so many artists that are really focused on staying in shape, and not just for necessarily for vanity purposes or things like that, because they have to for their fans. But it's because there's this actually seems to be a a more of a more of a movement to kind of just take better care of yourself in general. And it's it's
2: it's nice, dude. It clears my mind so much. Like if I'm stressed about something, like. You know, even if I'm hungover, I'll do it, and I don't feel hungover when I'm done. Like I sweat it all. I'm surprised
0: out. you're doing it hungover. I don't know how you do insanity hungover. We're talking about insanity.
2: Mm-hmm. So. It's. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you do it just a little slower? Or uh... no, it's weird. Like it's weird because at first I'll be like, oh, like we'll start the warm up, and I'm like, dude, I'm hungover, bro. This sucks. And then halfway through, I have like this weird new energy, like, and by the end, I'm like, cool we're good <laughs> it's it's turned on and going, yeah it's crazy, man
0: so okay, so um, when you were going into how is what you make it what did you have any objectives at that point, like you did your first official studio record, and now you're you're doing you're doing strong, you're growing definitely, and now you're gonna work on this one. was there any sort of goal was there any sort of like, you know,
2: I think, I think we really wanted Challenge. to, we really wanted to bring back kind of like some of the old mm-hmm. BC sounds, you know, cause like for, yeah. um, how's what you make it? You know, like I said, there wasn't like a lot of like vocal production. It was just kind of like really natural. And so we were like, yo, for this record, like let's have some cool like autotune parts, you know, and just cause that, you know, that can, it's really cool when it's used the right way and in, in certain circumstances, you know, and. So I think we wanted to bring that back a little bit. That was a uh, that was definitely on the on the list of yeah. our goals. Yeah, I was gonna say just
1: I think we wanted to define our sound a little bit more, and and but but collabing the first and the second in a way that now we have a whole new progression to who we are, and and I think that that was definitely a goal as we as we went. We I I definitely listened to us a lot during that time, and listening to the first record and listening to hello and what did I do? You know, what would I do differently? And, you know, it's, I think we
0: still do that. Were you being influenced at all by the people, your detractors, like the, 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 the internet voices and stuff like that. Were you starting to kind of feel like you were making decisions at all in your career based upon the, uh, criticism, whether it was just flippant, unwarranted stuff or not.
2: You know, oh, sorry, sorry.
1: no, no, no. I I was thinking about it.
2: I think, and it's weird that I remember this. I remember this to this day is when we put out Hello, Fascination, the single. I, you know, I was reading comments. Everyone was pretty pumped and, you know, there's some kids that were weird. I remember just one comment that was like, I misbreathed Carolina talking about partying and being drunk and having a good time. And, like, it just stuck with me. So that I think, like, that's how, you know, Blackout kind of came to be is, you know, we were like, let's just write a fun song, dude. Like, we don't need to get, we don't need to get deep. We don't need to get anything. Let's just, let's just write fun, fun stuff. And, you know, that, that night before that, we were out partying and I literally left my phone in the cab and I was like, let's just say that. Like, who cares? Like, we are just having fun, you know? And, um. All the details
1: Ian likes to nitpick and we force him to keep them. Yeah. He didn't, <laughs> and that was he one didn't, of them. <laughs> he didn't,
2: he didn't like that part and, uh. And we forced him. We're like, dude, just leave it. He's like, no, no, we need to, we need to re-. I'm think like, about it. Think about <laughs> it. Think about it. I'm like, no, dude. Just leave <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's raw. True. It's yeah. real.
1: You know what was funny is uh, this. One of our friends was talking about they got in a they got in a cab in New York, and, and the track came on, and and uh, the cab driver was singing it, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I hear this song all the time. I listen to radio all the time. We are like, oh, what? Like hearing the story, but he was like, the phone in the cab. You know. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that he's lived that so much and I probably (laughs) stuck with him, but I never really thought about it in the opposite context of the actual cab driver, like how, how much that probably is, is so right on for him.
0: So you're working with, you know, Mike Green and Matt Squire and, um, and, and you worked really intensely, I believe with Ian on Mm -hmm. that record. Um, so how do you learn to compromise and how do you not get to that point where you, or do you, do you have to pull the card out where you're like, I know you really want that lyric. I know you really I know I really want my version of lyric. I'm the artist. And you throw that card down.
1: You know, sometimes but I think I think a lot of it is really we try everything and then we all know exactly which which yeah. which dart to or,
2: to pick, you know. But, this definitely the very, right, very, the right colored balloons. very open. So it's like, you know, if, if the band is feeling one thing and Ian's feeling something else, there's just, there's a huge amount of respect that goes both ways. And it's like, you know, he's a producer and successful for a reason. So it's like, all right, well let's do your thing and see how we feel. So yeah, like we, we'll literally try everything. We'll literally do like Seeing like ten different verses sometimes I feel like you know, just to kind of get the right one and then we'll piece yeah. it together and I mean,
1: hit and run went through so many different phases before it finally became what it is, and yeah, it's crazy the uh, uh the song bang it out that we've been we've been working on for the next record, and we actually did it the same time that we did hit and run and same time that we did um riot which is on the the new release that we just put out we did three songs for free and and uh, that was part of that and um reaching for the floor which was on our re-release so this song has stuck with us it'll probably be two years old by the time it finally is released and it's 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 one of the favorites in term like from like you know the outside looking in of like this song is so fun and and it's going to do something but we haven't it hasn't been perfect for us yet there's something that it needs and we've been fighting that song for two years and it's going to it's gonna come out but the face that it first started with and the face of the of the song when it's finally final is two totally different beasts and it, it it really is like that's it's the process of how we look when we're first becoming a human being you know we look like a little little weird blob of whatever but now all of a sudden we're we look like we look like a like everybody else standing around us and you know
2: that's just kind of what the song does it just evolves even evolves and it's crazy. That song is such a pain in my ass because it's it's <laughs> an awesome song, but there's just like we listen to it and we're Bang like, it out. "God, it's so good," but there's there's like, "What is it?" You know, we've had like we've had like a girl do like a feature on the bridge. You know, we've rewritten the chorus. We've we've changed the key. We've done everything, and I mean, obviously not everything because it's gonna be done, but it's just that song that is hassling us so bad I mean, it's driving us <laughs> crazy man like for 2 years we've been trying to make this song perfect but it will be it's it'll get it's, there.
1: it's that good it, like it's it's worthy of the time for us but what it will be like <laughs> we'll have to show we'll have to show you its faces sometime Mike we'll play, awesome. it, play, first, play you to play the first glimpse and then it's that's the
0: fascinating part is when you can when you when you can sit down with an artist and you can hear the different you know when, when an artist sends me a demo the first thing and then I hear the second and the final one it's just, that's the beauty that's because mm-hmm. that's where you see the artist coming doing their craft you yeah. don't really get to see that a lot because we don't get to see you until here Mm-hmm. But it's when you guys are creating is the most fascinating part, I think. Yeah. Um, so uh, the experience, essentially, but what, I, what um, if I remember correctly, what ended up happening was Fearless signed a kind of an upstream kind of let's help help us out with marketing and promote stuff with Columbia, and there was supposed to be a couple of bands that were involved in that, I believe, mm-hmm. and, and so they did that with you guys. And Blackout went through their system and got pumped out through the major label system. And so I thought that was supposed to be a longer term deal originally, wasn't that? Yeah, but. um, Because you were never really signed to Columbia Sign Sign,
2: were you? Well, we. Or there's. We we did a partnership
1: deal with Fearless and Columbia.
2: Got it. Okay. Okay. And, you know, we were, you know, kind of told some stuff that wasn't necessarily happening and, 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 you know, the whole thing and. So, we uh, we asked to just leave Columbia, and and you know, it was a process. So you know, that's why we were home for this last year. Is John? Was that him? John. Remember you were ha- you were asking me like who was uh, our, who was our head? I don't even remember our A and R at Columbia because everybody name.
1: when we first when we first started working with them, we had a whole team. We knew it, we, you know made our rounds, they would come out and hang out and and then everybody slowly started moving to other labels and and we were just kind of left like who do we even work with anymore? <laughs> yeah, we just had no idea and it was I think that that was the transition time. That's when we were like we need to we we need help and we went back to Bob and we said, "Yo, we need some we we need the family back. Like we need we need that around us to Really that start getting back into groove, man. We want to. Mm-hmm. We want to start it back. You know, we we the process has slowly been like, where are we, and we need it to be. Did you Here feel like
0: are. the machine was slowing down on you, like your momentum was slowing down? Yeah,
2: exactly. Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they like wouldn't say anything. Like we would send them songs, like oh, okay, it's cool. But we're like, was, okay, well, what do you, what do you mean? Like no that, movement from it. Yeah, there's no that. movement, and we were like, yo, we can't. They didn't understand us fully, you know. Like that's why, like I was, you know, I was telling you earlier, we right. we were going to so many random writing sessions and and different producers. Every day was a different producer for like six months, and we were just like, dude, it's not how we like to work. We're we're not just trying to give you a pop hit. We're trying to make our record. Like we so don't care.
0: What do you think their objective was? Like wh- Like so that they wanted us listeners- to be LMFAO. Okay.
2: They wanted us to be the like- new kind of LMFA is what they're that's what they told all the producers and writers and we we're just like that because was I never am. never discussed with us. We're not that's not who we are. You know what I mean? We're not and it just got to a point where like we were trying to impress them so much and we couldn't and it just was weighing so heavy, like it bummed us out. We were like, all yes, right. So well, we'd be so excited about the tracks,
1: like, man, like, how could this not be <laughs> you know, like in our heads like this is this is this is something next level for us, like. But then it would just be kind of like a, yeah, nah, nah, but no, but nothing ever. So we said about so, it afterwards. So what so. It
0: is, okay, so and and being on our side, we, you guys have gone through that, and, and yeah, we've heard from so many countless musicians that have gone through that. They go into the major, and anything that they would have written, if they had written that song and put it out on, on the record label they were before. Fans would have loved it or it would have been well received and so forth. But it goes up to that major and all of a sudden the major's like, Yeah, could you write about seventy more? And then we'll see what you got left out of that. Yeah. And so what do you think that thing is that they that they can't catch that the artist feels that their fan base will catch? Is it a, is it an I interpretation to a more Walmart audience? Like a pop yeah.
1: I, I think that there is such a formula to the track that they want. Like it's it's very like
2: what it, so it's, it's very just.
0: You guys are composers. What's cut. the formula? How would yeah. you
2: say it's the formula? It's you know it's they want you know they want a verse chorus verse chorus small bridge chorus. It's like under three tr- under three minutes. Under th- and there you go. Three and a half minute song, um, poppy, no intense subject matter, no thought really. And I'm not even talking trash on any kind of music at all. But it's like right. how we are as people is is you know we're we're deep people like we can't just write about going out and having a good time tonight in a song and make it a hit just because it's you know and and that's the thing i think was so cool about blackout was it was it was that but in a sense, it had a weirdness to it that it wasn't like anything else. And it kind of
0: had like an indie electronic kind of thing to it yeah. going on, and so it didn't. It wasn't. It didn't come across like as a cheesy. You would see like as a yeah, a Katy Perry song or something like that, or yeah.
2: Whatever. And and you know, we we were just like after a while, we were just like, yo, we don't. That's not our objective beyond the radio. If we have another song that goes to radio, cool. If not, I don't care. It's like they didn't understand our fan base that we've already built for the past years and this scene and this like the warped tour scene is a very passionate collective of of kids you know what i mean that that don't even care about the radio you know what i mean and those fans have held our held our you know backs and ha- had our backs for the past couple of years that we we're like we need to give back to them because this is not fair, you know. So
0: how do you think how does how does a how does a big company with A and R reps the few that they have left, so forth, sign a band like you guys and then not have any idea of your fan base? Or do they just dismiss it and go, you know what, that's just the that's the beginning. We're gonna take them to a whole new level. Yeah, like I, we're thinking Grammy's
1: crowd now. We're I, not think, thinking. I think it was just they had a, they had their vision, but we were living everything so we know what what we were after and what our goals were and what we had in store for ourselves more you know we were very much about that vision and very much about you know that integrity of our past and and I think that they just had this whole entire other idea and when we were delivering our idea it just, I think it was just they just kept waiting for us to cave and just give them the one thing that they wanted. But instead, we caved and kept going our own direction. <laughs>
3: you say that so
0: <laughs> it's in man, man, you know maniacally, like ah. Um, so all right, so why, why don't we? Because uh, you, you were you were kind of saying some uh, really nice things there about your fan base, but. So let's say you're a major label rep, and uh, I'm going to come to your shows. I'm going to come to Warp Tour and see a Warp Tour. Yeah. And you were trying to describe the fan, yeah, that goes to Warp Tour and likes you guys. How would you guys describe
2: that fan to me? I mean, I would rowdy. I would just describe <laughs> myself when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember going to Warp Tour and being that kid, like, whew, like. God, where do I go? Like, there's so many sick bands playing. Like, I need to go. And, and um, there's just such a passion, you know? Like, in it, every tour we do, you know? Like, I see it happen. Like, when we do our meet and greets, and it goes a little bit later, like, you know, the first kids that come in the door, they run to the front of the stage. It's like, that kind of passion for music is just amazing. You know what I mean? That's that's what we're here for, is for, for kids like that, because it's, that's, you know, that's who matters. That's who, you know, and, and having the young fan base that we do, it's, it's awesome because they're so, you know, they grow up with us. You know, we can, we can help them out. They can help us out. And I don't think like the major labels like fully get that. They're just kind of worried about like the general person that's out there that's going to hear a record on the radio and maybe download the single. But they're not gonna like dig into the band like these young you know fans do, Mm. and that's what's really important to me. That's what's cool is like because they dig into the whole record. You know, they're not just buying blackout on iTunes. You know, they're they're going and you know they buy the physical copy and look through the booklet, and that's the stuff that like is awesome to me. So,
0: how would you guys say, um, let's say all of your fans are listening right now, and they want to support you. They want to support you financially. They want it like, so they got 20 bucks, or let's say they got 50 bucks that they saved up for months and months, and they got 50 bucks. And this is their Breathe Carolina Fund. What is the best way that they can spend that money that will support you directly so that the money gets into your pocket and helps you guys with your band?
2: You know, I think it's definitely like coming to the shows on tour, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, so buy a ticket, and, and and you know, for us, it's like come and hang out. It's like whatever, like you know, it's not nothing is about the money for us. But you know, obviously, we got to eat too. You know, right. and and I think that's probably the best way to do that. I guess <laughs> if, if you want, <laughs> but like come, like yeah. buy the stuff off of your merch store directly, or like like go go to the show and go. Is it better and buy to go to, your, go to your
0: go to your go to booth? Yeah, go to your booth and buy the CD, or do they go to a store and buy the CD? What do they? What's the best way to keep the money into your pocket?
1: It's, I think it's The booth. All about the show Yeah, yeah For booth. any band You know that's where You know it's crazy that Without the kids there We can't make it to the next city So it's almost like You coming To the show tonight Helps us get to The kids for tomorrow And it's that constant cycle That it's, it's almost like Thank you Thank you to you In advance from the kids tomorrow. It's
0: kind of like crowd surfing, but you're tour surfing. The kids yeah. are handed you off to the next city. Yeah, yeah, they
1: do. You know, the, and and you know, without without the beginnings of you know, with you know, iTunes when we first posted our stuff, um, that's how we bought our van. That's how all those all those things like accumulated really? to us being here now, and and to helping us and 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 helping our boys. You know, feeding them, feeding their families, and and giving them the opportunity to be here with us, you know, it's, you know, I think even if there was 10 kids at the show, you know, we're still playing the show, you know, it's so funny that kids always say, thank you so much for coming. And it's like, thank you for coming. Yeah. You know, we, we, we're here, regardless. That's what I tell them. We're here regardless. Thank you for wanting to be here and, and for giving us this amazing day. Like that's, it's, it's you. It really is.
0: How, um, what's your feelings? Just very kind of a general question, but it's still relevant. What's your guys' feelings between giving away music for free, like you guys just did that EP, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, versus, um, it's kind of like waiting for it to be downloaded illegally. Like, what's your feelings on that?
2: I mean, I think either way, it's going to happen either way. So it's just like, it's whatever, and you know. I think the reason why we did it is just because, you know, we we took a year off, so it was kind of just like thank you to everybody, like you know, thank you for for sticking with us and and yeah, your patience. Like here's three free songs, you don't even have to feel bad about getting it illegally, you know? <laughs> and you don't have to guilt spend free. any money, so it's it's yeah, it's
3: 100 percent guilt free.
0: Um. And uh, just out of curiosity, what do you, you guys, what do you think is going to be, how do you think bands are going to make their m- make a living in the next, in the future? Have you guys thought about your future in that respect? Like, oh, crap.
2: You know, I people think, are going to have, have to go, get creative yeah. because it's, there's so many ways to get music for free that you're not going to make money off records unless you're selling three, four million records and, you know, obviously you'll get a nice check, but you know, even if you know, even if you're selling like hundred thousand records, like your deal and what you're doing with your label, like you you know, you have to just be creative. You have to go out there and work hard. You know, you have to think of other ways to Survive. to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's something that you know, like as you grow up, like as we grow up, is like you know, you think about that a lot. And yeah,
0: it's does, it get, does it? Does it? Does do you guys get a little worried sometimes? Like maybe read one too many stories online and then just kind of go, like, oh, jeez. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, mean, I do, about you know, I have so much faith in, in, in us and how we are, and I know how hardworking we are, so I know no matter what happens, we're always going to be fine. Maybe we might not have six million in the bank, but we'll be fine. You know what I mean? I feel like we'll always be able to coast and be good. Stalkers? Ha. You ever have any you bad one? experiences? Like were those ones where they're like they I mean,
0: they find out too much.
2: There's not really like stalkers, but you know you definitely kind of run into those those kids that are just too much. You it's, know what I mean? Like I think it's I think it's more of a,
1: you get this attitude from some people, and 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 you try to be as nice as you can, but sometimes. Sometimes people push your buttons in a weird way that that you don't intend it to to be that way. But I think we're so good about being courteous to that because there are there are people that they don't they don't necessarily have like that outgoing like way of expressing themselves. That sometimes it might just have come off awkward or or different and I think that that's the only thing that 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 we've ever run into is we we try to help people like not be afraid to talk to us or say hi and and like I think we I think we flip it on them like hey well, how's your day you know and, and really try to dive into them instead of, you know maybe they've had a bad experience talking to somebody else that they looked up to or that that was their favorite band, and I think they think that they're gonna have the same experience so they they already have their wall up so breaking down that wall I think that that's all I think that that's it not not really stalkers though like nothing like that or nothing really strange awesome. everyone's
0: usually really nice that's awesome okay, lightning round let's go up. all right ready Psst. um if if it has been uniform at all, uh what's the lyric? That your fans have wanted you to sign on them to get tattooed most. Spotlight lives in all of us. It's from Diamond. That's what I was gonna say to you. How many of those have you gotten on that this tour alone? Um, or just honestly, there's year? been a,
1: quite the eclectic group of different different lyrics this time around, and I'm so excited to see some songs coming up from the woodwork of, of lyrics. And I'm like, damn, that's so sick that that you know, and it's so funny, like. Knowing the track right away, ah, I'll rescue. You, <laughs> you know, or, my obsession's so sick, you know. But but diamonds in that track and that and that that lyric has has lived with us hard.
0: How many, uh, in your course, of your career so far, how many marriage proposals on your stage
2: during a show? There's during a show, yeah, a you know, like kids... where they
0: where you stop the show and somebody comes up and does that.
2: We've never had, oh, that. well, we have we do we on, have one on this tour? This kid. Was telling Colton our guitar tech that he was gonna do that, but then he he like never did. I don't know. <laughs> it's really weird. Real? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard definitely a few stories. Like, oh, like, like I met my wife because of you guys. Like, we came together listening to you, and we're married now. And I was just like, that's really cool. <laughs> I cool.
1: had I had this kid once want me to ask his girlfriend <laughs> to, to marry him, and I was like. That's your job, my girl. <laughs> yeah. That's weird shit. Okay. Talk about passive aggressive, right? Like, uh-huh. I was like, you want to get a no real quick? That's how you do it, <laughs> man. My girlfriend would smack me in the mouth, dude. <laughs> you
0: send her a text for me, right? Uh, yeah, I get it. All right, favorite color, each of you: teal,
2: red. Favorite movie, each of you: Army of Darkness, mm. Truman Show.
0: Nice okay all right favorite place to recharge there's a couple categories here ready it's oceans right mountains uh grasslands you know prairie iowa uh desert forests suburbia or cities i'd say mountains you know what
1: i think i think just like just from our past just snowboarding being on that hill just being by yourself and thinking and being with nature, yeah, I'm for
0: a sure. band. I'm going to Denver the first time. Where do I go eat after show?
1: You go to Chubby's. Chubby's. Yeah.
2: You go to Chubby's. Rally Berto's. Rally Berto's. <laughs> get that green chili. I right, wherever. Get, get Colorado has its chili. own style of Mexican food, so it's like the best in the world. It's and, my uh, favorite. I, we're, yeah, and we're and, and I'm but. a band,
0: and I have a day off. I need to recharge. Where's the place to go? Uh, in Denver, suburban Denver and all that where I can go and to see beauty. It's like the best spot to go and it's not a big tourist. I, um, mean,
1: I mean, look how mountains, beautiful. Coast. Look how like Buffalo Bill's Grave, like top of the world Honestly, up there. if you
2: want to have a good mix, if you go to Broomfield at the Flatirons Mall, you can see everything, the mountains yeah, and everything forward. and there's like a really like nice hotels and the mall is super nice. Like You kind of get the best of everything when you're at that spot. You're close
1: to Boulder, you're like halfway between Denver and Boulder from there. So.
2: That's yeah. awesome.
0: Uh, besides the United States, favorite country in the world?
1: Ooh, Japan I, Japan yeah It's so fun Just because it's It's, it's it, The language barrier Is not as bad As you would think Going over there Like they all know English And, and uh, They're just really nice It's really clean Like it's, just it's nice It's, it's good vibes Yeah good So fun. much to look at and do
0: Favorite junk food I think I know one of those
1: <laughs> Oh man I have too many things I think I love Chili cheese fries Green chili cheese fries and all that. Not, not, not like uh, Stag green chili Not nah. Green chili cheese fries Um I love Taco Bell.
0: Taco
2: yeah, Bell. I mess with it.
0: Um, I thought you were going to say Chipotle. You know oh, what? Chipotle for sure.
2: I <laughs> want <wouldn't> to <laughs> consider Chipotle so much junky. junk food. No,
0: it really isn't. I mean, it's. I, I did kind of mean like real crap.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love.
2: I love candy. I eat a lot of candy. I've been. I've
1: been. I've been baking cookies a lot lately. I got my cookie recipe on point. What's your cookie? i just be messing with the chocolate chip. But uh, it's, it's the day after. Tried and true. The day after, it's so much better than oh, yeah, fresh shit. baked, which is weird. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, hi. <laughs>
3: um,
0: Favorite <laughs> fellow musicians who would be part of your posse? And no, you're not trying to offend anybody you leave out. But.
2: Pierce the Veil, boys. Pierce the Veil, T-Mills. T-Mills. Um, Every Ave. They're not really bad anymore, but... um,
1: Mod Sun. Morning of crew, those are all amazing friends.
0: Favorite yeah. stiff drink,
1: whiskey coke. Whiskey coke. I did have a shot of Patron last night, and that always puts me under. But I'm always down. I can't pass it up. I
2: guess
0: <laughs> favorite thing to do during your off time,
2: chill. Just be with family. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. Not do anything.
0: <laughs> favorite TV series that you friends.
1: Um, right now I'm watching Breaking Bad, so I'm doing that. But Dexter entourage.
0: Favorite item of clothing you'd wear every day for the rest of your life if you could?
1: Man, that's a good question. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I don't wear it, but if I had to pick something to wear for the rest of my life, it would be my grandpa's
2: jacket. I'd probably pick out a sick jacket, too.
0: Favorite club to play in? Not offending the others, either, but just for the sake of in Denver or outside of it? Anywhere. Hmm. Like when, it, when it's on the itinerary, like,
2: yes. I love playing Diesel in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Diesel's so fun. Pittsburgh is an amazing city in general, so it's, and that venue's super rad. They have like a big, the back wall is all like lights, so the whole wall lights up. It's really sick.
1: I love the Masquerade in Atlanta. It's just, I think it's just grown with us, and we played there like our first tour, and we still continue to, and, that's just a home for
0: us there um city that has the absolute craziest fans that were your fans are just absolutely the craziest you know what
1: it, it's weird that it's weird to say that one I think the craziest sea crowd that I've seen was Salt Lake City warp tour 2010 yeah it was the weirdest looking crowd that I've ever seen for us and it was I think it was just because every single person was jumping, but it it looked yeah, it was probably like, like eleven thousand kids. Like, <laughs> it looked like water, like just moving, but like crazy thick waves. But That's it was awesome. just like it was almost like every single boat like hit the water at once and just made this weird array of waves. And
0: it was so cool to see. Tour bus bunk spot in middle bottom top front bottom left. On the middle front right. Middle. You said bottom, is that right? Mm-hmm. Why do you? Usually, they don't want to be that close to the. I like I, I
1: like the ride on the bottom. I, I always feel like I'm gonna fall out. Like I, I, my, my <laughs> first first time we were in a bus, I had the top front left, and I would just like I'd wake up and think I was falling out, like, you know, and just grab the wall, but I, I'd be fine. But so I, once I once I slept on the bottom, I was like, I like this down here. <laughs> We were on Hypercrush's bus because we, we, our like I, we were, I was telling you that our transmission went out, but we jumped on Hypercrush's bus and, and they they let us. And that was the first time I ever slept on the bottom. So I've been there ever since.
0: <laughs> Favorite time of year?
1: Christmas Fall. time. Yeah. Ooh, yeah.
0: I love Christmas time. Favorite type of animal? I just like dogs, man. I love just, dogs too. Just and random, cats. tried you know? and true. Favorite piece, we all have this because we're all music geeks. Favorite piece of rock and roll memorabilia that you own? Like it's an autographed something or it's a classic, it's a guitar, or whatever. Ooh. I
1: mean, my platinum record's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there you go. <laughs> I actually have a, my stepdad gave me his whole record collection. So that's like, that's my favorite thing that I own, is that whole
2: body of work. I don't know. What do you got, D? Well, I don't own it anymore, but my dad bought me my first bass when I was like 13, and I had it for like eight years, and then gave it to him as a present, and he fixed it, so he still has it. So I think that's like something really special to me.
0: So your favorite piece is something he has? Yeah. That's good. Okay. Um, Favorite celebrity, or celebrity that you met that ended up being the coolest person you didn't expect? You know what?
1: Uh, Kendall from Big Time Rush was really cool. Yeah. We hung out hard with him. He's fun. He's
2: he's a party kid. We met um we were playing the Masquerade one time and the dude from uh Final Destination. Yeah. Tony it? Todd. Tony Todd, yeah. He was in a photo <laughs> shoot there and we like went up and he was super nice and we were just like talking with him. It was cool. Pitbull's a G too. Yeah, Pitbull. A really a nice guy. Really? Yeah. He
1: was uh it was cool. It's it's one of those things that like You know, you know, he's just like the most respectful guy. And he was walking. We we did a show with them in uh, San Jose. It was a Christmas show that we were doing for you know radio circuit. And and uh, he was walking down the hall, and I just was like, you know, thank you so much for having us. And and he just stopped, took off his glasses, just introduced, you know, say, yo, you guys doing okay? You need anything? And and after his set, he was walking back, and he stopped and talked with me again for a little bit. And you know, you guys, you know, I'm going, I'm going here the next day. You guys aren't going to be on any of these other ones. And just really nice guy. I, I don't know. That surprised me. Yeah. That's awesome. Biggest myth about the band?
2: People always think we're married for some reason. <laughs> yeah. There's like so much stuff. Not, not me and Kyle together. But oh, oh, all right. right. We're just going to say. Uh-huh. But they do though. They, yeah, they, 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 they. Everyone's like, oh, like we've done interviews. Like, so you guys are married, right? And we're like, no, absolutely not. I'm creeped. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: was, ah, yeah, creeped. Oh, that's uh, yeah. Something the that's way. That's true that, though. Yeah, because it was like all. That's the thing about Wikipedia, man. It's like everybody, yeah, everybody exactly. can get on it and mess with it, and it's just so funny that what was, that uh, it was okay. On for a while. So, uh,
0: final question is: What was the Craziest thing that you read about your band online. Um,
2: hmm.
1: I'm trying to go on my memory bank here. And see.
0: I know, probably after a
2: while, it just turns into a blur. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I can think of like the craziest thing, but it's always funny just reading stuff that I. know. It's just like, okay, it's not true, or like you know what's funny is is my mom. At her work, like they're all obsessed with Breathe Carolina. So, um, and some people don't know that she's my mom that works there. And because she works at the post office, right? Oh, that's yeah, not my mom. House it's your mom. mom. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. sorry. My mom works for a, a global conferencing company. Okay. And um, they'll always just say things about Breathe Carolina, like, oh, yeah, my daughter's actually dating one of the guys. My mom's like, actually, no, she's not. <laughs> Like they just, they'll say like my mom will call me like, yeah this stupid person at work just told me that you guys are going to Africa to play or something random and I'm like okay I don't <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> so weird I love it your your water
0: cooler talk and it's it's all fake yeah fake it's okay that's awesome um, well uh, you're, so the new record is out January.
2: Yes,
3: it's, it's what we're
0: January, open. February,
2: January. latest, February latest,
0: and uh, Beyond Fearless. And when should your fans start seeing, like, maybe first video or Yeah,
2: uh, coming it up should, soon. Should be during our Sleeping with Sirens tour, yeah, yeah. October, November, November tour ish. Again. Memphis May Fire issues, Our Last Night.
0: So. And to kind of give them a little tip off, um, how will it be different than what they're used to hearing with you guys? Like, what, what it's what have you brought to the table this time?
2: It's no hold barred. Like we we. We're going all out. I think. I think people kind of might be expecting like a super pop record, and you know, obviously there will be those pop ish songs and stuff like that. But we That's have a done since one, we have yeah. a lot of heavy, really aggressive, really intense lyrics, and and it's it's going to be crazy. Well, I think
0: the the, the the press release that was sent out was like you're, you're kind of trying to pull some of your roots back into the picture. Yeah, yeah
2: exactly. exactly.
1: Always, though. You know, I think can't forget. You know, we, who you are, you have to, sure. We went through a lot Evo- evolving who you are. F-
2: we went through a lot this past year and, you know, I think a lot of that and it wasn't, wasn't good stuff, you know? So I think a lot of that kind of aggression and anger that we had is really going to come out and be present in this record. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not anger, it's not going to be like a depressing record. It's just, you know, it's going to be very real, very, very intense. It's called so, savages by the way. Um, you know,
0: I, you guys probably, you know, you may agree with this or not, but uh, it, there's so many singers um, that will sit there and point at a stage and go, that's where I have therapy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. so this is probably where this, all this this past year is going to be coming out and this fall tour and yep. so forth is going to be right on that stage. AP podcasts are recorded at Lava Room Recording Studio in Cleveland, Ohio, a New York City quality studio at Cleveland Prices check out www.lavaroomrecording.com. For more information on Alternative Press Magazine, go to www.altpress.com. The podcast engineer is John Walsh. Post-production assistance from Robert Tenzi. I'm Mike Shea, and this is All My Fault. You can reach me directly at www.myspace.com slash AP. That's S-H-E-A like the stadium, A-P.